Hi, I'm Anthony Mindel. Welcome to In The Moment, a podcast on acting, art, and life. In this series, I'm talking to AMAW alumni, students, and clients about the challenges of acting and the joys of creating in the 21st century. For more information, go to anthonymindel.com, or you can also find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. I hope you enjoy. Tony is offering 10% of all elective classes at AMAW Studios, like movement and dance, improv, and on-camera audition class just for podcast listeners. Just use the code in the moment when booking to receive 10% off your elective class. In today's episode, Tony chats to AMAW teachers Barbara Howland and Sean Riley. They share some pearls of wisdom from the studio and encourage you to trust in yourself and know that you're enough. Hello and welcome to In The Moment Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony, and we're doing it special style today. It's rosé all day. Yeah. I don't drink a lot. (laughs) He says three glasses in. That would be one of my guests. It's a double team today. Sean Riley and Barbara Howland. Yeah. Actually, we just started drinking, so I think we will get through this podcast Without embarrassing ourselves or slurring our words, <laughs> oh my God, unless we do like unless we do a, a drinking game. Oh gosh! <laughs> yeah. So hi guys. So yes, and also we have strawberries and um, chocolate hummus here. So if you hear us kind of like chomping food as well, we're kind of going like Tuscany style today. Yes, That's on what the we're floor, doing. Yes, sitting around a table. Yes, communing around a table with chocolate, strawberries, and rosé. So what's up, guys? This is Barbara and Sean, who've been members of the studio for so long and co-teach the foundation classes. So for those who are listeners and aren't at any of our schools, like the foundation classes is the beginning of your journey into the sort of, I think, rewiring kind of our understanding of acting and creating new principles and obviously the philosophy of how we work. And they generally start the ride for the actors. Um, So... And they're amazing actors and creators in their own right, and we could talk about all those things. But so let's talk. So first of all, how long have I known you both? I I think oh, we're going 2011, on. 10. What? No. Even more than that. Than oh yeah, that. 2007. I think we've known each other Jesus. 11 years. Whoa. Yeah. And Sean, longer for you. 15. I was going to say 14. <laughs> yeah. 15. Uh, 2004. Wow. Five. Whoa. It was 2005, I think. They must love me. Yeah. <laughs> right? I must believe in what I'm doing. You must. What you're yes. doing. Yes. It's pretty fun, actually. Yeah. Look at how much has changed since then. I what know. was the studio and like four ongoing classes, I think? Well, I always like to joke, like I started with six people, yeah. you know, in at the complex, room. no less. Wow. Well, but you also did it in your apartment. No, I started, first. well, that's true. Like, but I started with a class in my room, yeah. in my old apartment. On Plymouth Boulevard, yes. <laughs> and it was all like Indian hippy dippy. I still have my Buddha there, yeah. right there in the corner. But and then yeah, and then I had like eight or ten people, and then we went to the complex, and that was in 1998. Jesus, it's wow. great. Yeah, right? I audited at Third Street, and then I went to Third Street, and yeah, that was even before your time, that was which is I now did, yeah. is now a. Uh, part of the restaurant the open door or the, yeah, little the little door which is a really amazing restaurant there I'm, restaurant. I'm plugging little door restaurant <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> get free hashtag advertising little door. hashtag little door exactly 
It's very <laughs> romantic if you guys want a romantic dinner for two or three, if you're into thruples. I don't know. <laughs> this is our thruples. There we go already. <laughs> That's right. We're thruppling. And, and then at Yada, across the street, yeah. Youth Academy of Dramatic Arts, we would rent space from them, and then Melrose, and now on Cole. Yes. So tell me, what's it like to be a teacher slash artist thespian? Did you guys listen to Lindsay's podcast? No, no not yet. Parts. Parts, parts, parts. It just, just came out. I'll get on it. I think, you know, I, just that time. Sorry, we've been teaching. That's true. <laughs> we were busy today teaching. But, By the way, Sean's sense of humor is very dry, if you can't tell. Tony doesn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> cricket, cricket. <laughs> That's the wine. Yeah, I sorry, think it's Barb. constantly changing us, too. Oh, yeah. You know, Sean and I were talking about, even this week, uh, going through stuff together, how much we've changed as teachers in this process. And I, I love, like you said, doing foundations. I would never want to stop doing that, even though we both have other classes or upper-level classes. Like, the foundations and seeing people have those aha light bulb moments at a yes. deeper level, regardless of, you know, training they had had before or none, of just, I think, trust. Yeah. We talk about trusting and being in the moment, but just trusting themselves, trusting their presence and being with other people more. It's it's really beautiful. It's still so surprising. Yeah. yeah, people always have aha moments always at the studio, but it feels just like in foundation, they're huge. Mm-hmm. It's like literally life-changing for a lot of people. Well, yeah, they're, they're, they're their way moments. into acting is completely like what we taught one today, yeah. right? And I was there and seeing people having one idea of what they think acting is and then having that completely turned upside its head. Like, you know, so many of them are are reliant upon the lines and think acting is about those lines and then realizing, like, just like life, you're listening to something or someone and then you have a response to it and then you speak or you don't speak, right? Mm -hmm. So the fact that that's not kind of what... That our first sort of introduction to acting is interesting, that that... That comes maybe later if they're lucky. You know, it's like it's always like in in my early training, I was trained everything technically, and then they they'd say things like, "Well, but now you have to listen." But I was, but they would never t- teach us how to listen. You know right. what I mean? Don't forget yeah. to listen. Right. I'm like, wait, what's that? Okay, what do you mean? <laughs> wait, yeah. <laughs> listening was the afterthought. That's right. In yeah, our training, just throwing that. To yeah, the one key thing. That yeah. We well, the down. fact that it's always memorize first, memorize first, memorize first. Decide who your character is, and then try and be present. And it's just setting people up for failure. Yeah. Whether in their head or they feel like there are these rules. When who made up these rules? There are no rules in it, right? And yeah. It's still just art. It's always going to be subjective. So we don't trust our instincts anymore. Well, I also think the thing about lines that we just discovered today with that young actor is he said all the lines, quote unquote, correctly, correctly. the yeah. way maybe somebody in that scene should say them. But because he wasn't working off of any other human being, he is just saying lines. So like, but, but, and he up until today thought that that's what acting was. Well, it's what he said he'd been trained to do. Yeah. It's kind of sad. Like you don't realize like there are whole new worlds waiting for you when you really listen and respond to someone, you know? Um, well, it's the idea. On the way up, I heard an interview with the new head of the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. And she was talking about how the whole paradigm of what theater is and how we can talk about it. And that there isn't just one way to do a play. That there's so many ways that each one of us can experience it. And so it's really just allowing ourselves to present what 
we want to present and then see where the audience receives it. Mm-hmm. And yet, and that exactly requires us letting go of so much control in that headspace people try to put us in. And a lot of people show up going, oh, it can't be that easy. And it wants it, to, yeah, be, it wants that to be that easy. easy. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing too about life, right? As you get older, you're like, whoa, life itself essentially is easy. Although human beings constantly muck it up. Like, yeah. you know, the state of the world we're living in now is all man created in that regard. Like the, the beautiful things beyond nature let's say like you know it's great that we have access to technology but then you also see the downsides of like our interference with so many things yeah so yeah so i think it's it's fascinating how we get back to like my dad always used to say when i was growing up it would drive me crazy dad (laughs) he was like tony don't force it don't force it but it was so true about like just like life in general and i would get so I was so hormonally and emotionally as a teenager, you know, freaking out about things. And I'd get... So were you a perfectionist as a kid? Yes. Me too. But And I would like, you know, break out into tears around, like yes. I couldn't get my homework or swimming. You know, I was like the swimmer and, and then I would just beat myself up. And he'd always tell me, don't force it. You just have to let it be. And, and be fallible. I, I yes. could not well, be fallible. When we talk about, uh-huh. and I think obviously we're all of the generation, like I didn't have a computer, we didn't have a typewriter in my house, so writing papers was by hand. If I, if there was an ink oh, splatter, yes. if there was something, whiteout <laughs> did not exist to me. I started all over. Oh my God, Barbara, that's hilarious. Yes, I, it, was, it was really that's crippling. OCD in a way. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Was, but it, And again, like what's the opposite of the trust I was talking about? I was in so much fear. Yeah. I was just scared of everything. Yeah. Oh gosh, yes, this fear of failure or looking a certain way. I mean, I think that's probably a lot of what you also teach and talk about of like, mm-hmm. what I always am like, what's the worst that can happen? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then the actor has a little bit more access to like, oh, okay, it's not going to be so bad if I just went for something or I just attempted this. And even if it doesn't work out, it always does work out, you know? Yes. Yeah. Well, it's an imagined that's right. pinnacle that we're supposed to be reaching that we create it ourselves rather than just being and allowing ourselves to explore and discover that there's some kind of level that we're supposed to hit mm. as artists that we create ourselves that's not really dictated by anyone but us well I also have this theory too about I mean I think it's we are listening in, uh, we are in a world now that is breaking into like you were just saying theatrically or like there's new the forms are changing and so our access to creativity and storytelling is becoming you know like movies don't have to be a traditional five-act structure anymore Mm -hmm. like i just did an experimental movie Mm -hmm. one then i did one that's more traditional whatever like right so like they don't have to just be like you know wrapped up in a nice bow by act five where was i going with this oh shoot shoot oh no it was a really interesting point what was I saying, guys? Damn it. About changing storytelling and theater? Yeah. yeah, of like, oh, 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 just about like, kind of maybe like, oh, you know, like we learn the rules to break them, I guess. Yes. But my thing is, is like sometimes the reason why it takes a while for us to break out of sort of the the uniformity of a traditional way of looking at the work is that sometimes our ear or our eyes or what is being given to us is always the same. So we're kind of mm-hmm. uh, anesthetized. So like think about pop music, nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with pop it. Pop music is great for some people, but our ear is trained to now listen to music based on the, the actual rhythm. The rhythm. And they, the, the, there's, it's all about the notes, right? Like they, they keep repeating the same line phrase. So we, as a culture, are, are used to that sort of presentation of stuff. 
Well, I mean, and that's the industry. That that's right. To just regurgitate but the that's same not thing creativity. Over over. Like, no, well, we're trying to. Yes, that's right. And I guess that is a form of creativity, I should say. Of course. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I'm not bagging on pop stars, <laughs> but I just think it's well, interesting. It's, it's the entertainment industry as a whole that they're always trying. It's, well, Barbara and I were talking about this the other day, that it's not about how to have the success or the fame or the money, but to be creative and whatever those things that come out of the creativity, that's the bonus, not necessarily just having the goal of, well, if we do this formula, then we'll make a billion dollars. Well, the industry is just that, Sean. That, well, I know. They're not going to... That's never... I mean, I don't know if that will ever but change. But how often... Even in Shakespeare's time. Well, but sure. and that's that's the industry, but we can change the industry. And, and if that's, right. that's right. That's right. Well, that's right. Well, that is like breaking the form. You know, yeah, yeah. I think that that is what's exciting. To That's why when we see a filmmaker or an artist or a poet or a singer who's finding a new way into expressing themselves, that is like, oh... It can work formless. You know what I mean? It can work with sounds that I remember. I well, but then it all becomes the formula, the next formula. It's like, oh, do that's that. true. Then they do try to commodify that. But and that comes from oh, what you just said. I, I asked someone in class today when we stopped the scene. I was like, "Why didn't you do that? What's the worst that was going to happen?" And she went, "She wouldn't like me." And I went, well, oh. that's it. It's the people doing the same pop song because right. they want to be liked that's because right. we want to appease others, as opposed to someone just doing it for ourselves. So, am I doing it for me or am I doing it for them? And these and people breaking the, the mold, yeah, exactly, are doing it for themselves and their own joy in it is their success. Well, also, I think the risk that comes, though, with, like, you're having to risk more if you're doing it not for her not to like you. Yep. You know what yeah. I mean? And the risk or trying to create out of, I think I have a lot of respect for artists who, if they keep doing the same thing, and listen, sometimes the industry penalizes that as well, like, or the public does, right? Like if you do something the way that the public has adored you and then you try to do something else and they mm-hmm. reject you, mm-hmm. you feel like I can't take those risks. And that is, you know, I, I, there are artists who do do it and then they find a way. But you, you were talking about Heath Ledger earlier, earlier and that's yeah. what he was known for yeah. was taking those risks and trying new things. And that's why people love him. No, but I'm even thinking like, you know, like look at Meryl Streep. I remember like in the 90s, she she's always been super funny. But like when she would, you know, and now I think we understand that. Her. Yeah, she got was, Yeah, that's right. Like, well, but yeah, look, she was great in Death Becomes Her, but she also yeah. was in She-Devil with Roseanne Barr. That's right. Yes. It's horrible. <laughs> look, come on. Everyone also has that. But she kept risking and that's wanting right. to do comedy. But yeah. I think people didn't, right. you know, people identified her as the, you know, I'm drunk already. I'm forced to go <laughs> no, like no, as the like accented <laughs> dramatic actress. And then yeah. she's stepping out of that. And sometimes, yeah, it, but we have to do that artist. The point is, is risk, risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it didn't kill her. Career. No, 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 yeah. no. Yeah. And she still likes to do different things. I don't think she's ever stopped taking risks. Really? So I guess we can end the podcast there on Meryl Street. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's nah, so nah, much nah, nah, more. Nah. And you know what? I'll say this. I mean, obviously, Meryl Street is and was so beautiful and younger, but she was always so unique in all of that. And all these other things, the industry is trying to put us in this box and make us conform and these beauty standards and all of it. When I saw <coughs> Meryl Streep at Kennedy Center Honors so many years ago, and uh, whoever the interviewer asked her, like, so you have never had plastic surgery. First of all, I was surprised she was asking this. You've never had plastic surgery. And she went, honey, I've earned these wrinkles. Oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah. She's done all of it. And she didn't conform in any of those senses either. And I think we're being pushed in totally different ways in that now. Well, that's hard for us. But then we also love the people who don't. Because, like, watching Betty White 
She's never, yeah, another as far example. as I know, she's yeah. never done anything. Yeah. And she's, she the can listeners do are going to be anything. like, who's Betty White? <laughs> no, people know <laughs> Betty no, I know. The resurgence of Betty White. Yeah. Well, how is that, Barb, as a woman in the industry, like, that having to feel like you have to conform to... It's, it's changed, but don't it hasn't. Men no, go no, through the same thing. As sure. Yes, but, but it's not the uh, same, Sean. It, it's uh, it's still triggering, you know. Yeah. That I this was a very recent meeting. I'm nervous to actually say this because I don't you want younger that. actresses to even still hear this. You uh, know what I mean? Yeah. But to still go into a meeting um, with this manager and basically told me oh, the only reason I wasn't working was because of my weight. He, on my resume, wrote down and guessed how much I weighed, and then underneath it wrote what I should weigh, and basically, you know, pushed it across Did the desk. Did this just happen? Yeah, this happened a few months ago. Like it like it was an <sighs> offer for a job, and I, I laughed Barbara, out loud. Oh I my laughed, God, but I, here's I'm the so difference. I'm sorry. No, that's okay, but it, that's the point. No. The fact that I had to laugh out loud, right, and still be in this, oh. and, and then he was triggered by that, of course, because that was ridiculous and terrible of him. But that is still happening at all ages, all women. Mm-hmm. And of but course, here, people, but I mean, oh my gosh. Okay. First of all, I have so many questions about that. So <laughs> he, yes, this is like, this could be its own podcast. Yes. Sorry. Bye, Sean. Bye. Go drink in the corner. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, we I mean, do. We all have, these we all have that. Yes. Can, for us, say, it could be the gay thing. All yes. that's changing. Or oh, wait, okay. wait for men is that's you're true. You either have to be big or you have to okay, be small yes. or you have to be muscular, but just the right muscular. True. But okay. But, but, but. Yes, but that has been more of a recent phenomenon for men. Women have been dealing... Women, all the more famous women like Charlize Theron or all these women, Reese Witherspoon, why do they have production companies now is because they're trying to dictate and be able to like create the work in the roles that they want to do and not just be seen as a sex symbol or have to look a certain way. But let's put a pause on that for a second. So Barbara, this manager was like... So he's... Just for my listeners, because I'm sure they're thinking, what? So... (laughs) He literally said, hey, Barb. Hey, babe. <laughs> he did not say babe. <laughs> okay, I'll give him that. Hey, babe, Barb. <laughs> so you're so talented and amazing, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a secret here. I'm just riffing on this. Right. I know why you're not working. Yes. Say why. Why? Well, I'm going to tell you. Think if you lost some weight, is that what he said? And then, then wrote down, this is, should be your, yeah. like, he actually said that out loud. Oh, yeah. And what was written there, uh, like, I don't even want to say the number, is no, absolutely not a healthy weight for me, a uh, 37-year-old God. woman. And I just, I laughed. And still, but still, like, of course I had the wherewithal and I felt so empowered in that moment that I'm not going to let this person get to me in the way I would have in my 20s and all that. But I still went home and it hurts. Of course of that course, hurts. And, but did I talked you, to my husband and, yeah. Did you, did you end the meeting? Oh, I uh, sat, here's what was so, <laughs> sorry, whoever this person is. This was also a referral. So uh, this is from someone that I know that is with this person. So what did I do? I I actually so went into observation mode of this person. And I didn't like, you know, even feel that I needed to throw a hissy fit or storm out or whatever. I finished it up there and left and then right away sent an email going, this is absolutely not a good fit. Blah, blah, blah. Good luck for the future. Right. Whoa. You know? But but I did. I had. It took a step back, and maybe that's growth. 
for myself too. Yay me. Mm-hmm. That I was able to take that step back. And even though that's so upsetting, I was like, no, I absolutely definitively know that you're wrong. That's right. It has nothing to do with you. I don't want to work you. with you. This that's is right. all your stuff. Yeah. I would also like to point out, I don't need to comment on this man, but you can imagine that he was not what he was trying to preach to me. And I had shown up and brought cookies because I had been at a store and he was sitting there munching on this cookie I had given. And I was like, this is just so ironic. You have to write this. This is a movie or I'll give me the idea and I'll write it for you. <laughs> Yes, yes. Barbara's been in a lot of Copyright things that I've right shot. Now, Barbara. Barbara's right. in this amazing uh, film. I don't want to say it's amazing, but I do think that that story is amazing about climate change, and Barbara is amazing in it about How many art festivals now. It's been on a lot. Seven, yeah, seven festivals. Yeah. It's doing some really interesting stuff in the festivals, I think. But but Barbara's really funny about our, our collective apathy about things and not wanting to change. But. So, wow, that is... And, and, and what's the point here then? You, you know, for all of us in this industry, and I think this goes to what we were saying before, we have to start keeping our own counsel first. Yes. Your instincts were always right. You need to keep trusting them. And the more we're doing that, we feel empowered and good things will happen. But imagine if you're a 21-year-old exactly. young woman who has just moved here and hears that and is like hasn't quite found herself yet and can be really damaging. Also, I think this person, this manager, is also still subscribing to old school ideas about all of it. That's what we have to break. Yes. That's, you know, that's what we have to break. Well, and that's what I came up to, you know, talking to friends and then about it and talking to my husband. I was like, while that didn't get to me, I just see so clearly now, either you are actively part of the solution in history or you are part part of of the the problem. You are the problem. Yeah, you are the problem. Yeah, that's right. I think, again, it's just... I, I, I've always find this, I think it's changing, but with American filmmaking, like, I, I, I'm always drawn to European filmmakers, I think, because they cast what real people look like. Exactly. And I love the Hollywood glamour of certain things about Hollywood, but, but I've always been more inclined to be responding to things where I'm seeing, you see people you know in those roles mm-hmm. as opposed to the glamour version of it, you know? I think TV has changed some of that. Yes. So we're seeing... Because TV and streaming has become a lot more international. Oh, that's true, too. Well, Sean, do you have a doozy of a story like that? I know. I mean, that's pretty... Actually, I was going to say, even though it's not... It is. When I first moved to L.A., I randomly met an agent from... That was a major (laughs) agency. Well, this was a while ago. Longer ago than most of your listeners are. Been <laughs> That's true. But he point blank just, he we hadn't even met. We hadn't been introduced. And he just looked at me and said, huh, you're handsome, but not Hollywood handsome. Can't uh, really do anything. Uh, yeah. And I was like, nice to meet you? All right. So, I mean, it. I think it hits everybody it's not exactly that but what am I supposed to do with that information well that's, that's again that's one person's opinion who's a exactly. part of the problem also I always feel like it seems like so Hollywood that, that that's a story that you see in the movies and isn't really real but it is real but for every time somebody says that you should have a list of names of people that are you know Javier Bardem is sexy but not yeah. necessarily like gorgeous hot leading man version of what we think well that's right? it what's sexy yeah. is your confidence that's right yes, in that that's right. and knowing who you are and yeah. people just go oh yeah that yeah Javier Bardem I love you by the way I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying but I'm just yeah. trying to use an example of every time an agent or a manager or somebody has said that you, you show these examples of like well they're a huge star and they aren't they don't look like Brad Pitt although Brad Pitt is awesome as mm-hmm. himself you know what I mean like mm-hmm. I, I think it's again honoring who we are you can't 
I mean, I guess if you have the wherewithal and you want to fix yourself, you know, there's that option too. Well, of course, no, and that's the difference is I'm saying Meryl Streep said that for someone else, maybe you want that and you're genuinely doing that for you, but still that question, am I doing it for me or am I doing it for them? Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to find a lot of joy. It doesn't matter if you become the series regular or whatever. You're not going to find any joy in this. Because you could get right up, you could get a nose job and the next person you meet is like, oh, I liked your old nose. Yeah. Then what do you Well, do? also, I think when we do those things, like, if we don't have a more, a broader view picture of ourselves, it still isn't ever going to be enough. Or Especially if you look at a perfectionistic profile, like we're all talking yeah. about. Like, you, your nose is better, or your ears are better, or you've lost weight, but still it's not enough. It's yes. sort of like body dysmorphia yeah. you know and, and it will never be enough yeah, though, or we were enough. saying what is it Sean and I talking the other day the there will keep moving, moving. you get yes, there the and, that's and, right. and it becomes this addictive thing that's not yeah. self help yes. right yes that's right yeah oh we've gone deep already even in a glass of wine <laughs> a glass <laughs> no you're beating us really, <laughs> you're like half I've never done a podcast where I've had a little libation so never no I never have really this is very Some European. of them have made me, almost driven me to drink. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've loved all my guests. They've been really... It's been interesting because we all talk about different things. Yeah. You know? So, Sean, you were quite the hoofer in your day. Yeah. Song and dance. I did that. Music man. 25 years of musical theater. Yeah. It's interesting that you were here and not New York. Fear. Oh. A lot of my friends from school went to, to New, New York. Because you yeah. had cleaned up in New York. But there was just... Some... I was born and raised on the West Coast. Oh, but you were also born and raised. Born and raised. Born and raised. Raised is a good. Oh, that wasn't for anyone. A member of a certain church. Yes. That which you... was, but so were all the people that I went to school with. Yes. And I think it just came down to wanting to stay close to home. Uh huh. And knowing what the West Coast is. Well, you were a good morning. And the boy. idea of what L.A. is or was. Hmm. And so, I came here and did theater, but I was working constantly because there's not a lot of people out here <laughs> yeah, who they're doing want it. to do just theater. Well, now that's changed, I think. Yes, You know has. what I mean? Yeah. 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 And Barbara, you come from Virginia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Northern Virginia. Let's and, specify that. And same thing. Why not New York? Uh, you know, I always thought that. I loved visiting New York. We went... So many times, I was grateful in uh, my college theater program that they would take us there so often for these trips and things, and I had more friends there, but I came out to visit here once my senior year of college, and I went, yep, I'd rather be poor by the beach than in Brooklyn, (laughs) in in my friend's closet, so, uh, and I always wanted to do film, I mean, it's more that I, theater's always my first love, I was so excited to do the play that we just self-produced, but I always wanted to do film. So that was the big draw too, and and then once I was here, I love the city. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you're on the beach now, and I'm on you're the living beach. in Santa Monica. Dreams come true. It can happen to you if you're young at heart. Yes. <laughs> yes. After these messages, we'll be right back. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Are you really taking a break? <laughs> no, I don't know. No, no, we don't have advertisers or anything like that. Um, I'm sure listeners put it on pause because there's, there's only so much they can take of me. So they're like, let me put that on pause and hopefully they return and listen to part two. Um, actually, drinking and doing a podcast is amazing. I yes. need to do this all the time. So <laughs> You're in charge, Tony. So you can yeah, do it. No, it is my podcast, isn't it? No, it's all of our podcasts. So, so, yeah. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about like what have you discovered, you know, 
What have you discovered as being teachers? About yourself or your own work or... I think for me, I've discovered, and especially the last few months, that it's just a constant rediscovery for myself of my own work. That it's seen it even when I'm teaching what actors are going through and putting that into my own work because I have done a few projects recently and it's that reminder when you're on set it's like no I really just need to listen yeah. I just really need to be present it's fine don't worry about who you're working against just yeah. present and I think that it's that constant reminder even after what, 11 years of teaching that it's oh yeah it's all the basics well it's also one of, one of our students posted something on Facebook and he was saying how the director said don't show he learned his lesson about like don't show me mm-hmm. just be there, listen, and experience it. And if you are, then I'll be able to see what you're feeling. Well, and isn't that's that's the thing that I've learned more of? Like that's what we are doing when we are at our best teaching. Yeah. Because nobody, or at least as artists, nobody wants to honestly be taught. We're trying to open them, open yeah. the aperture, right? Because they do already have all the answers inside of them. Yeah. And the more I'm more vulnerable, like we're just doing right now, talking about that story, the more I'm more vulnerable in my own experiences and stories and all of that. Like people just want to be. They do want to open and be vulnerable yeah. in it. I think it sounds so simple, doesn't it? That's yes. what's so crazy about yes. it. But acting is so tricky, right? Like, But it's that vulnerability. Yeah. Putting yourself out there in whatever you're doing. And then we get big vulnerability hangovers, Brene Brown. Big yes. vulnerability <laughs> hangovers. And I, you know, I, was, I started telling this thing to students because when we're in that, like, you know, expansion from class, the first thing people want to do is what? Go to their phone, like Tony says. But that contraction, whatever it is, is like the right. law of the universe, how yes. flowers protect themselves. And what we to stay in that expansion, you know, and not do it. A couple of people have been so overwhelmed with feelings lately. And they're like, I just wanted to sleep. And I'm like, don't sleep through yeah. our feelings or go to the phone or go to those That's numbers. Right. Check like, just out. feel it. Stay Watch in that expansion. Netflix. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that is our true nature, right? But I think we're programmed not to like stay in that kind of opening you know the thing I I lectured on Brene Brown the other day when I I think it was when I was going to Sydney I watched um, her Netflix special which Mm -hmm. is really amazing and I was like you know over the years I had been told so many times like oh you know your work is so comparable to Brene Brown's and I, I, I was like oh you know the things that she says about vulnerability is the heart of what we're teaching which is if you've heard this already, podcasters, I'm sorry, but it's great to keep being reminded of it, is that she defines courage and vulnerability, which are, you know, inextricably linked, is risk, living in risk, uncertainty, and emotional exposure without knowing the outcome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what we teach. Mm-hmm. So if you're showing up in the work and you're having to risk, be uncertain, and live in emotional exposure without trying to manipulate where the scene goes and live moment to moment with your partner, you are in vulnerability. I think that people still mistake the word vulnerability to mean crying. And vulnerability means being in risk, emotional exposure, and uncertainty, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that we're living in a time now, I I can't speak for you guys, but for me, I'm feeling, I was telling the class this morning a little bit that I have been feeling major climate existential anxiety, and that's a real thing. And also because I've, I, I don't want to say I'm an expert about climate change, but I obviously because of this movie and just some of the things that I'm interested in, I've been reading a lot about it, and and it can be really overwhelming. And me, I too want to not stay in those feelings. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Um, but what was great about, I think, when we allow ourselves, when in class or going to a movie or just in life, when we allow, when a person allows themselves to feel and express feeling and vulnerability, that feedback loop of what it does to us is also give us the permission to feel. Yeah. And there was a girl last night, Shelby, I'll give Shelby Sulak a shout out because it was amazing. And her scene was really brilliant. And then at the end of her scene, she got on the couch and she did these primal screams, which I normally am not big on because sometimes it can be masturbatory, but it, but I could tell it was like for her a real big release and a victory. And when she was doing it, it connected me to my own like all these things I was, the, my anxiety and fear and anger about the planet and what, what, what we're doing to the planet rather. And I just started bawling because of her bravery to go there. Mm-hmm. I gave myself the permission to feel it. Yeah. And that's all it rather is. Rather than shutting it down. That's saying, right. You can't, don't go there. Don't push it. Don't you or also, yourself experience it through. Her. But I think we, we underestimate how powerful our own vulnerability is yeah. in opening that up to other people, a stranger on the street, a person you're talking to at the Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? That is connection. And then you walk away. And that to me is also the cathartic aspect of, of feeling, you know, I, I, if I, sorry, if I can go off on a, a really quick tangent, um, I read this morning, I sent it to myself, this guy, uh, hold on, I'm pulling it up. Uh, unless you guys have something to say, we're pulling this up. Bear with. It was about climate change, of course, but I think it's really important we talk about this. This guy um, was talking... Okay, let me just read this sentence to you. What can help us face up to the horrors with which climate change threatens us? I suggest a form of dwelling with one another that I call emotional dwelling. An active, engaged, participatory comportment that I have recommended for the therapeutic approach to emotional trauma. In dwelling, in emotional dwelling, one leans into the other's emotional pain and participates in it. The language that one uses to address another's experience of trauma meets the trauma head on. Articulating the unbearable and the unendurable, saying the unsayable unmitigated by any efforts to soothe, comfort, encourage, or reassure. Such efforts invariably being experienced by the other as a turning away from the experience of trauma. In order to tackle the overwhelming perils of climate change, we must include in our dwelling on earth an emotional dwelling with one another that renders shared apocalyptic anxiety more tolerable. Isn't that amazing? This guy's name... He's a P, he has a PhD, Robert Stolaro, and he's a, well, he's a PhD of science and I don't know, metaphysic, metaphysics. And anyway, I'll maybe share that with the listeners. It's Absolutely. really, isn't that powerful? Yeah. That's yeah. again, what we do with the studio and what we just talked about. Well, and with that, I think it, we're in also this culture now where I've been, I, in so many of these things, I've been very triggered in anger, yeah. you know, and it would be too easy to keep succumbing to that. A lot of people are so angry, but underneath it, what is it? We're really just scared. Yeah. We're so That's scared right. right now. And when you were reading that, I was just, I was brought back to this, um, I'm going to butcher it, but this Turkish proverb that I always love, it is, uh, when the ax was brought into the forest, the trees still said, he's one of us. 
mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. these people are changing or this even these people that can be triggering to us with very different views right now mm-hmm. are doing these mm-hmm. things right like at the spiritual core we are all the mm-hmm. same and those of us being artists being vulnerable and all of that it is going to send these shock waves and we have to keep doing it but having empathy and actually seeing through all that and not not going to the dark side <laughs> not going well, to this not, anger and division. Well, it's you know? interesting that, were ta- that he was talking about dwelling because that's where it feels like people get stuck is dwelling in the dark side mm. rather than dwelling in the empathy or dwelling in the feeling that is coming up that we get caught up in the us versus them mm-hmm. yeah. versus the we. Yes. Yeah, that's right. And we, we need to dwell more in the we as the planet we rather than just the individual group we. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like two circles. Yeah. One circle is us, one circle is them, and then they combine, and then that sort of shared space is the we. Is right? the we. Yeah, that's the we. But we tend to ignore that. Now that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yes, I think, uh, to me, it's, it's also about, I, I think like what you were saying, Barb, though, is like, I feel a lot of rage about things and I think it's also okay for me to feel that mm-hmm. as long as I don't let the rage stop me from engaging with someone whose views I don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like to me yes. it's more of like how do we how do we keep having conversations? Mm-hmm. Because I think with a conversation common sense usually prevails and you can meet somewhere in the middle. You know what I well, mean? Well, yeah. Oh, and that, trust me, I would let myself be angry. Yeah. There's nothing okay. wrong with getting angry. <laughs> yeah, okay. And as opposed to, though, that, look, where we're at right now, that it's really fear at the core, and then people get angry, and then it goes as far as to hate. You yeah. know? Yes, and, yes. and that, we stop listening. We stop even asking questions. Yeah. It's the separation Sean was talking about, and I'm right, you're wrong. That can't be it, what the feelings trigger, and to let us succumb to that. That's all. Yes, I think that that is... You know, I think that's been the challenge of the human race since the beginning of time, right? Like, because it's all, all, always about power, mm-hmm. money, obviously. But, like, if one person dominates, somebody else is suppressed. You know what I mean? And that is how, you know, power is wielded. And then power in form of money or, um, you know, I, 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 that to me is sort of the, the othering of other people. You know what I mean? Well, and that, and why do they really want the power? Because if you're in charge, you don't have to be in your vulnerability. Mm. You have all the control. That's right. That can also be the opposite of vulnerability. I'm just going to find power. I'm going to overpower you and shut you down. Let's take a toast to (laughs) the power of vulnerability. Yes. (laughs) You know. Oh, that's a lovely wine. That's like wine pause. You need a strawberry. You have a strawberry. Wow, we just went deep. Yeah. We do that. I think we do do that. I think we do that. Do you guys have deep conversations like this in your class? Yes. Oh, yeah. Sean, yeah? Isn't that amazing that we can talk about what is your objective in the scene or what's the opening moment or what's your through line? And we still cover all those things. What's a beat? You know, we we still cover, you know, scene analysis, but also within this context of greater social, emotional, spiritual aspects of being, you know? It usually shows up in a much more personal way in class to the sure. person. Uh-huh, yeah. But the personal is the universal, yes, right? Yes, it is. You know? Exactly. It's the shared experience. Yeah. Um, well, what would you, like, let's just finish up, I guess, with, like, what would you, 
Well, Barbara, how was, let me just ask you, how was it like being in all these movies that I like? I'm always like, I'm going to have Barbie in this movie, in this movie. What do you mean? It's well, great. I know, but how... Do I not want to be in movies? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Well, yes, how was yes. it working with me? I never asked you that. I have, I've always told people forever how great you are on set, Tony. I think yeah, you are. And I brought Barb to London. That's how much fun I we mean, had. That's not the only reason I'm saying this, but yes, <laughs> I got to go to London. I said that in a Q&A at our New York premiere, and every, it was everybody got a big laugh out of that. It's so true. We so much fun but no I mean of course so why has your studio blown up this much Tony your passion is palpable wow, but also I think we've all been on sets where the director is what triggered me or can't handle all of that look at the yeah. power we were just talking about that and you even I'm sure inside you weren't but you always seem very cool calm collected and you want everyone to have fun and yes it's true although <laughs> yeah it together. it's inside I'm like why don't I just fucking say the lie the right way not you like <laughs> just, <laughs> why can't I have what I want yeah you know what I mean no yeah but I mean I guess for, especially for the climate change part of this story like what was it to tell a story without not a lot of dialogue because that was a big part of the story yeah and I think I'm really proud of that one yeah. and I'm really proud that it's getting in so many things because I think well sort of what I was saying about teaching but also just for me as an actor everything we teach I have been embracing so for how many years do we say 11 years with you more and more that it's enough just trust that it's enough I think in that performance more than ever, like it was so simple for mm -hmm, me mm -hmm. and that those triggers of trying to do, do, do didn't honestly come up at all and I watch it and I do feel proud of it. I think it you is should. enough and it, it doesn't even need to be this huge feeling release that people think it's going to be if you're present and it's the truth, like it's enough. Yeah. And I think I finally trust that Yeah. <laughs> much more than I did when yeah. I was in my 20s. I think it's true too. Like sometimes actors, this is kind of maybe what we were talking about Sean today in the class is like sometimes actors feel like acting is always going for big feeling all the time, and it's just not right. Mm -hmm. Like we're having a powerful conversation. If it were a scene, it doesn't mean we're crying hysterically or throwing things or like you know what I mean. Right. It, it, I, I think actors underestimate again like our own sort of set point emotionally is engaging and and real and interesting mm -hmm. I mean that's what we have to develop as actors sometimes it's just like the essence of the person has to get going sometimes yes yeah. absolutely you know in I mean? our, but and look what we were talking about sort of feeling empowered and you always have desires and needs in every scene and all that but that when you truly trust yourself that can be wielded so simply yeah and I think that's beautiful when people trust it well, we were talking about it a few days ago that so often actors don't trust that their normal is good enough uh -huh. and so they feel like they have to push put something on and then they're yeah. told that they're too much and yeah. then they <laughs> shut it down yeah and so it's this evil cycle of too much too little too yeah. much too little yeah but like you said today more is or did you say yeah yeah well less is, less is more. not more yeah that's an old saying it's not real you know what I mean yeah. less is less and more is more if I have more cookies I'm going to eat more of them. <laughs> <laughs> if I have more rosé. Yeah. Speaking of. Uh, Conversation. But yes. yeah, that's, that's right. Like, I think um, that's an important thing to remember. I don't know. It's just funny. But that's like also life. It takes a while to find that sort of. That trust. Yeah. That, mm -hmm. that medium ground, if you will. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, okay, well, this is where I usually, I mean, there's, I could talk to you guys forever. It's a really great podcast. Um, this goes by so fast, right? That's already like almost 45 minutes. Wow. Isn't that insane? Yeah. That's crazy. So let's do this, the famous speed round. 
Oh, it's yeah. so simple. So, um, and I, don't, <laughs> I didn't prepare. <laughs> I don't have my notes in front of me, so I may have to make up new questions. But okay, so okay, so Barbara, what is? Oh God, start a show. <laughs> yeah, I definitely. No, I need to get my notes because I'm like, um, okay, Sean, what is one thing you can't do without? One thing I can't do without nature. You do go to nature a lot. A lot. That's I've amazing. Discovered, I've started so letting important. myself be in nature again, and I'm discovering that just going to the beach and sitting by the ocean is necessary. That's what my boyfriend is constantly hammering me about. Yeah. That that was instantly the answer in my head too. Well, yeah, yeah. as an artist, like yeah. getting in that sensory world, we always talk about. Uh huh. Yeah. Is that what you can't do without either? Absolutely. Is that, yeah. Wow. These are deep nature dwellers here. I mean, we forget, like, listen, being in New York a couple weeks ago, I was like, and I used to live in New York. I love New York and I love the architecture and the city, but I was like, kind of made me so sad. There's so few trees. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, Central Park is like a godsend, but I'm like, oh God, it's such a cement jungle and what a disconnect. You know what I mean? Like, even if, well, they're going to have to, to come back. That's why everyone goes to the Hamptons. That's right. (laughs) But like, why can't they just plant trees? You know what I mean? Just Mm -hmm. already connecting more. But anyway, I'm not the city councilman of New York City, so (laughs) maybe I'll run for that later. Okay. Um, What, Barbara, what's your favorite movie of all time? Oh, God. God. That's really hard. But, you know, it it was triggered today. One of my favorites still is American Beauty. And I even love the tagline of that. Just look closer is, I think, that. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. And Annette Benning's insane perfectionism and frizzling out of that is still one of the best performances. Yeah. Sean. Sadly, no, not sadly. I mean, it's. Be proud of it, Sean. No, it is. The first thing that popped into my head, so I have to trust that instinct, was the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Mm. Because it's just so epic storytelling and so well done and so beautifully crafted that it's like yeah that's a pretty damn good movie I can watch it over and over you know they're doing a TV series on that now yeah yes but mm-hmm. you have to be either a New Zealand Aussie or English resident screw them all let's go work at I mean, AMAW I know. we're going to AMAW London right now that's right yeah. <laughs> um, or Sydney AMAW Sydney, Sydney. that'd even be closer to New Zealand <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, who's your Sean who's your celebrity crush could be male or female just one um yes right now oh really it's Luke Evans that's so interesting okay that is interesting you guys I don't know no I think he's I think he's sexy he was cast on in Beauty and the Beast oh yes no he's he works all the time all the time yeah he's really good yeah Mm -hmm. he's super talented and I think it's because he he is a triple threat and he started in musical theater that's right he goes under the radar a lot of people don't know who he is Uh but he's always playing what what show was he on that I watched he was oh he was in The Alienist did you see The Alienist he was really good no he's really good in it sexy and Barb I mean it's changed over time. But of course. Definitely it's right now, one of them. Idris Elba. Oh, Idris Elba. Okay. Can I change my answer? No, you cannot. He's <laughs> mine, Sean. Can I have that one? No. And actually, if we could just go with Idris Elba and Luther. <laughs> yes. Um, Wilson. What's her first name? Oh, Ruth Wilson. Ruth oh Wilson. God. Talk about sex. Oh, no. she's so... Okay, I don't know her. You do. From she the has affair, a show right now on PBS called Mrs. Mrs. Wilson. She's on The Affair. Oh, okay. She's phenomenal. She's so phenomenal. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Barb, how would you describe acting in one word? Trust. Sean. One word? Fun. Play. Well, yes, it is. Play. It's play. Yeah. 
Yeah. How about instinct? Trust your instinct, Sean. <laughs> Sean just said fun, and then he cr- immediately corrected himself. I was like, oh, no, well, no, You no, couldn't no. see that. Yes, I, I know. know. Tony ruined it. I know, but <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, what's the one... I mean, there's many takeaways, obviously, but what's the takeaway from the school that is really stuck with you, Sean? I always just trust myself. And it's still a lesson daily, mm-hmm. but it's just trust myself. Barb? You're enough. You were born worthy. Just trust that you're enough. Yeah, that's a big thing about the AMAW training. And then the last question, how'd you define love? They're looking at me, by the way. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't name anyone, but I'm in the hot seat. Well, um, I can say mine. Oh, sure. Go for it. My instinct said peace. It's just being at peace. Uh, Truth. I think, you know, I just, it came out the other day to a friend and we were talking about happy and I was like, I, don't, I want to be happy, but I don't know if that's the one anymore. I just want the truth. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've grown from. And to finally be in a relationship where I feel like we're radically candid from a loving place with each other, yeah. that feels like real love. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's where the peace comes from is having that Absolutely. truth. Absolutely. Yeah. Connection. Well said. I always like to, if you've heard the podcast, you hear me say, but I always define, I'm not going to cry. I'm like looking at you both. I define love as this moment right now. So thank you for being a part of my life. Aww. It's trust and peace. <laughs> my journey. <laughs> and being a part of affecting positively so many actors' lives. I'm so glad you're there at the school and inspiring people. And where can they find you? I mean, they know, I know that you can find them at AMAW every week. Mm-hmm. But on Instagram or the socials. Oh, my website, barbarahowland.com, about other things. And Babs Howland on all the socials. I Sean Riley I on Instagram. That's all I'm on. I've got That's all you need. I, Sean, I like the cat I, letter. Letter I. I S-E-A-N. Sean, I, yes. I. And you can catch Barbara in one film that's on the festival circuit called, it's, that's the short version of the feature, Is This You Too? And then um, uh, Some of Us, which is about the school, is premiering uh, in LA the end of October. Oh, cool. Yes, I'm super excited. We're going to announce that very soon at the Downtown Film Festival. So oh, I can't wait. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Um, so, okay, thanks, guys. Thank Last you. year's. Thank I you need guys. a refill. Yeah, thanks so for cool. listening, Podcastros. We'll see you soon.